Inside Books with Breda Brown. Welcome to Inside Books, a programme about the magical world of writing. I'm Breda Brown and I'm an avid book lover and I also really love listening to authors tell their stories. So, in each episode of Inside Books, we chat to a well-known author to find out what's going on in their world. And by that, we mean their real world and, of course, their writing world. We'll also update you on books news and events taking place around the country. But first, just to say we had a really great reaction to our last podcast. So thank you for all the many kind words, comments and great ideas that you sent our way. So do feel free to get in touch. You can follow us on Twitter on Inside Books IRE or email us on insidebooks at uniquemedia.ie. Later in the programme, we'll be telling you about the great lineup for the Right by the Sea Festival taking place in Wexford in September. But first, Stephen McGann is an English actor. He's worked extensively on stage and screen, and you'll know him from the likes of Emmerdale, The Hanging Gale, and most recently as Dr. Turner in Call the Midwife. He's part of the famous McGann family. His brothers, Joe, Paul, and Mark McGann, are all well known actors. And family is at the very heart of his new book, which is called Flesh and Blood. A History of My Family. Stephen, welcome. Hello. So family is really, this is what it's all about. And it actually is telling the story of your family over the past century and a half. Yeah. Why did you write it? it well, there's, there's a question. It's always been there. I was a kid with a fascination to learn more about the direct family I came from. And the reason was, with my name in growing up in Liverpool, um... The the name seemed Irish, but I didn't know where it was from. And my dad's dad died when he was only five years old. And he couldn't tell me about where the family came from. And I was one of those kids in the family who was the one who did the searching of the roots. So I had a curiosity to say, well... Um, who actually, who were we? Where did we come from? Mm-hmm. Was there a village we came from? And so there was that. And also, you're right about family in general. It's about family because what is one? How far does it go back? How much do we get given in blood or genetics? Mm-hmm. And how much of it matters to our idea about ourselves and our heritage? You know, how do we feel about our families and why? What are they? And it's so interesting because there is, I think, in everybody a natural curiosity. Some go and do the research, though, and some don't. You did the research and you went right back to the mid-1800s and found out that you're actually from Roscommon. Yes, northern Roscommon. And it was funny because when I started, I was 17 and I set out with this rather grandiose idea that, you know, I would, like Alex Haley's roots, I would stroll into this great village or something or wherever it was. And they would welcome you back And they would welcome arms. with open arms. <laughs> and actually, I was some little, little kid from Liverpool and I didn't know and I didn't realise exactly how long it would take and how difficult, especially in the pre-internet age, mm-hmm. All that in, um, genealogy stuff involves lots of little rattling microfilm and towers between getting one file and then you have to go and ask the woman and get another. It's all online. And how long did that research take? Because it, this is a very in-depth book. There yeah. is an awful lot of detail. Yeah, there's a lot there and it's taken me. I'm 54 years old now. I quickly realised when I was that teenager going to 20, I thought, oh no, I think this is going to take me my whole life Mm -hmm. because I had work and everything else to do around it. It has taken me all my life. But this at 54 
I'm now at least pretty certain of a lot of the things I wasn't certain about before. But the key thing, like you started with, which is Roscommon in Ireland, I didn't know that information until only five years ago. Right. And so it's taken me all that time to finally find the village where they came from. And it was a lot, a lot of deep work and the internet, which really helped because you can cross-reference information. Mm. And that was great. And um, But all over my life since though, since I've been doing my family tree all those years, of course, I developed as an actor. And an actor is someone who looks at characters and you get into look at characters and say, what motivates them? Well, who are, who are they? Whenever you're approaching a new character... You know, who are you? What are you there for? Mm. How, what made you strong, made you weak? What made you run away? Who are the villains in your life and who are the heroes? And then the last element was I became very interested, like Dr. Turner on Call the Midwife. In the social side of medicine, I began to feel very strongly that medicine is a, is a human force, is a social force that changes outcomes, that changes our attitudes. And when my lovely publishers came along and said, would you like to do another book? And mm -hmm. I'd written a companion book for the series. I said, well, I would. And they said, well, what would you like to do? I said, I'd like to do a history of my family, but a, a sort of family history of health. And they went, OK. Yeah, and I said, well, actually, <laughs> three different things. I want to put the actor thing, the, the, the genealogy thing and the medicine thing all into one to tell a story about a family. And they went, right, OK. And I, and I structured it and I tried to get... And that's what I, that, what I tell. But, it, but of course, as with any journey like that you learn so much on the way as well and the final thing you end up with you're growing you're being educated by the process of research that you mentioned by by the more deep research i was able to do into certain aspects of characters in my family tree and it's you know i found the book really interesting because again you go back to the mid 1800s and you trace the family tree all the way to today yeah. and as well though as being a family memoir it's very much a social commentary a yeah. social documentary yeah. so you are talking about your family members and how they dealt with things like starvation, yep. uh, like epidemics mm. and disease mm. and living in slums and squalid uh, areas right up to today. So it's just a fascinating insight into one family. Yes, it is. And it's just an ordinary family. And they were a very poor family. So it's not a glamorous family. It's not an ennobled family by a long stretch. And, and it was a very, very poor, poverty-stricken, rural, peasant Irish family, essentially. And they come across to, to Liverpool. They live in appalling poverty and slums in Liverpool. So appalling that diseases spread and they were rife. And one of them died of smallpox. And, and there, there, there was dysentery and there were all these horrible things. And in the end, my story is a kind of political and social story because it can't be anything but their rise as a family. If, if one were to put it in a really simplistic way, my family subsisted until about probably for centuries, until about 1948. Then they began to thrive. Mm -hmm. And one of the big influences in that was the socialisation of, of, of social housing first in the early part of the 20th century, and then the NHS. Mm -hmm. And then opportunities in education. And the actors that we are now, when you go back 100, only 150 years, but you see, oh, OK... This is how it changed, and it's all to the, it. It cannot be anything but social touching on the politics of ages. Of if you make policies of public health in this way, you help people, but you help people like my family most of all. And again, the as I said, the detail as well of 
you know, the the issues that were going on mm. in, in the, the world at the time, whether yeah. it was the 1880s or the 1920s. Yeah. You have a lot of detail in there. So was yeah. that sort of difficult in terms of research or did it come naturally? It was, some of it was, was, was fascinating, always fascinating research. My family was so poor and labouring class that, of course, whenever a war came along, they would be for want of a better phrase, the cannon fodder. So they would be at the front line. They would be in trenches in the First War. They would be running up a beach in the Second War. Um, Also, they touched on history in peculiar ways. Mm. Although they were anonymous, they became merchant seamen in Liverpool. And then that great moment in the book with a great accident of history, and one I found only relatively recently. One of my relatives, my great-uncle, survived the Titanic. Which is amazing. Amazing, and he worked in the bowels of the ship as a labourer in in stoking the the huge furnaces. And um, as what they called it, they were a fireman and a trimmer. They were two main jobs. And uh, he got a job on that ship, and he managed to get off one of the most famous lifeboats. And I he was only, originally one of the, the last individuals off the boat. It was one of the last, and one of the last, indi- that was the last lifeboat picked up by the Carpathia and saved. And that lifeboat is also, if you go and see any movie on it in any time, that's the most famous lifeboat. So he wasn't simply on there. He was at, at an important moment, like this invisible figure previously, in a major iconic moment in history. But the more I search back, there, there, there was one of them in the trenches, with the Australian infantry, would you believe? Mm-hmm. There was one, my father was a, um, a a commando in D-Day, so they were there at great events, but they were never able to manipulate them or never able to be master of those events. They were trim- simply the class part we were, we were part of it, we were wrapped in thick of it. But know? what's fantastic is they weren't able to tell their story at the time, but now you've been able to That's, tell, tell well, it for them. Absolutely. And one of the most remarkable things, I came along in over these decades when I was thinking of writing it down in some way for the for the descendants one day, when I've done all this life's work, I, I, I used to have this idea when I retired, <laughs> I would write it all down on bits of paper and then someone else could pick it up. And then, of course, I look at the book now and it's a weird feeling because I think, oh, it's I, did, I did it. I did it in this way. This is how it, it actually came. It's a weird thing. And I think, well, what am I going to do now? I've all that work, you know, and here it is. But, but the, you know, as you go through, you go through the history, you see the things they did and the things that it, it cost them to do. But also an important point in the book. I don't call them diseases or illnesses. It's a history of my family and seven maladies. And I pick a word because I want... This word, although it's about illness and disease, it's more a general thing about something which upsets the norm. A nation can be in a malady, a nation can be in a distemper. And and as an actor, I wanted to look at a malady or an illness like it was a baddie in their story and their drama. And when you have a baddie in a drama, sometimes a baddie makes the hero into a greater hero. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it makes you stronger, and that's why baddies are there, antagonists are there in narrative, to serve a more practical purpose. And as you see through the book, some diseases, the diseases themselves are terrible, or the, or the cataclysms, like with my, my Titanic surviving relative, they can be terrible, but they can make good things come. And there's, there's another factor in them that they can, they can generate... Um, other human strengths. I wanted to see this. Do you think 
having done all of that research, how has that um, helped your sense of self, I suppose, in terms of knowing who you are and where you came from? One of the wonderful things about talking to you today in, in such a subject as books is that, as you know, books are the most marvellous self-examination. They are, they are, they give you the light. In this particular case, they gave me the licence, although I'd done research for years, they gave me the licence to go deeper. Mm-hmm. I could spend time living with these people. It sounds very pretentious, but if you're in a chapter and you've got to spend weeks on deck of that terrible ship where children were being drowned, where people, and it was serious, and there were poor people dying and... But if you live there and you live with the logistics of it, then you live with the humanity involved in it. It's difficult to come away without gaining a, a greater sense of your own identity mm-hmm. and self. And and listening to these intimate people speaking to me back through there and having the ability to go and refine some of the research, which is what I had to do. Um, I was I was in awe of them. Mm-hmm. It was a greatly humbling experience because, and as and as you will well know, you know, writing books is hard. It's difficult to put things on a page, and that's what one of the good things about them because it's a challenge, and it's lovely to to realise a challenge. But um, by going through that particular trial with them, or by living with them chapter by chapter, by looking at their lives again, by the time it came to me in the later chapters, and leaving and putting the book down now to answer your question, um, I'm different now to when I started. Mm-hmm. And my understanding of myself is different, not simply from the things they were telling me when I did the research on them, but how they led to me. And then I did things which, when you strip away the detail, they were only doing the same things I was doing. They were facing some wild challenges in their lives which affect their health and their well-being and they were finding a way through. Some people were subsumed by it, some people became stronger because of it. And I'm interested then, mm. obviously the, the whole focus is family. Mm. How did your own family today react to, it, to the book? It's a, it's a wonderful question. It's one of those things where I've been asked once or twice by people and it's one of those peculiar questions... I didn't actually think people would ask me this. I don't know why I didn't. Because, of course, it's a, it's a completely obvious question. It's a really interesting one because it, it does have an answer. I didn't let them read it. I told them I was going to write the book. Right. And they've always known I've done the family history. And also we get on incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they're, with most of them, my sister the exception, but the boys are actors. As actors, as people who work in drama, knowing that... That what I tried to explain what I was doing, and as actors, they could see me going into their lives as well as the lives of other people, looking at characters and placing those characters within a wider narrative, and they could kind of understand it. And they gave me an enormous amount of trust, I have right, to say. Absolutely. And it, it was an exposing thing for me too. And so I didn't let them see it until only a few weeks ago. As all good boys should, I let my mum see it first. Well done. Well and done. so my mum went in for a routine stay in hospital and I gave her a pre-release copy on on a PDF and I put it onto her I- iPad because right. she loves this iPad. And I, and I waited at home nervously and she liked it. And I thought, oh, that's great. Thank God. <laughs> and once it got to the other, the other siblings, they've been fantastic about it. They have been, in fact, they've given me more optimism mm-hmm. than, than anything. But, but it's a fantastic document as a family yeah, to have in yeah. terms of, of the next generations that they can refer to. And this. that was what they were they, they were saying, really. They said, well, my brother Paul was very moving because he said, God, thank God you've always been there. Thank God you were there to put into words 
all of that because I found it so moving, he said, you know. And and he said, one of us at least was able to articulate that, you know. And, and, and But that was deeply generous because, of course, they're all there and it's a strange business. And it's their story too. And it's their story, absolutely. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I found, and I have to be completely honest, they have been generous to a fault. It's been wonderful. And I'm interested as well because this isn't your first book, as you mentioned yeah. earlier on. You had experience of writing one previously. So yeah. were, were they quite different? No, I, t- I think there's one central strand in something that interests me. My previous book was called Dr. Turner's Casebook. And it was based upon my character. It was a very clever idea for my my producers, I call the midwife, said to me, look, we're looking to do another companion book for the series. But rather than, oh, here's some nice photographs and here. And I think my my great executive producer said, well, I know you like all that medical history stuff (laughs) because that's my academic background. And and I give science talks and things as as well about um, particularly social medical issues. So she said, well... This is a series which which loves social medical history. So why don't you find a way to articulate that part of, of our world of Call the Midwife and do it through the doctor, but, but then expand from the character to actually go to the background of some of the stories we've covered? Mm-hmm. And I leapt at it, and, and actually something rather nice came out of it, which was me doing passages of a diary entries a, a casebook diary entries where I sort of give a journal as the doctor so this is a character I've played for years and so I could get into character and write journal entries right. as him for particular cases that we've covered but then it's to go back in time to say if it was something like um, premature birth um or um, forceps delivery. I could go back into the history of forceps delivery and tell our fans, well, the thing you see on Call the Midwife, here's where it came from, here's where antibiotics came from. So there from. are a number of similarities then yeah. in terms of the structure with the two books. Yeah, but I, it, it, the structures in detail are different, but in the general thrust and spirit I have, I believe that all well-being and health, like history, it's it's human. It's essentially human and dramatic. So because I'm an actor, so so when you go back into the, you can watch a drama series like ours, and you can still read a book that tells you about the basis of infectious diseases and how we've conquered them. So what's next for Stephen McGann? Oh well, there you are. Well, I am on at the moment two weeks break from my day job of playing Doctor Turner. So that's the very next thing. Is I I too quickly I have to go back and finish filming that film in the end of October. If I could do this again, mm. if I could do another book, nothing is ever certain. If I could, I, I would leap at the chance because, or it was it was a, it's always a heck of a ride, especially if you have other things in your life too. And would you try your hand at a novel? Um, interesting. I used to write, and so I used to do creative writing in the sense that I spent a time as a scriptwriter. So I've written creatively before, mm-hmm. but no novel has ever jumped at me in the way yes. that some of the yet. Yes, exactly. So I, you never say never is what I say. That's it. Stephen McCann, thank you for joining us here on Inside Books today. And Stephen's book, Flesh and Blood, A History of My Family, is in all bookshops now. Follow us on Twitter on Inside Books IRE 
or email us on insidebooks at uniquemedia.ie. There's never any shortage of book festivals taking place across Ireland and this year is no different. They're a really great opportunity to mix with other book lovers and, of course, meet some of your favourite authors. And the good news is that there's plenty still on the literary calendar to look forward to over the coming months. Madeleine Keane is the books editor with the Sunday Independent and she joins us now to take a look at some of the book festivals coming up. The first one, Madeleine, is the Right by the Sea Festival, which is taking place in Kilmore Quay in Wexford in late September. A really good lineup. Who's going to be there? Yes, there's a there's a very good uh, collection, uh, starting with the fabulous Donal Ryan, who people will know um, as the author of the, he burst onto the literary scene with the Spinning Heart, and uh, has won won numerous awards, and actually was recently announced as writer in residence in the University of Limerick. That's right. He'll be there. Um, always worth listening to. Then um, some interesting workshops I picked out. Um, I love the sound of Couch to 100K. <laughs> That's uh, Kat Hogan, who's written uh, two bestsellers. And she is going to run a workshop, kickstart your writing and go the distance. Right. So for all of those me, me included, who've the, always talked the about the, the novel in us, um, that's well worth doing. Lots of tips and hints there from her. Exactly. Then with my travel hat on, the great Dervla Murphy in her mm. 80s now, legendary, yeah. the doyen of travel writers in Ireland. And she'll be talking about her life of travel. And she's been everywhere from Cuba to Siberia uh, and Palestine and everywhere else. It'll it seems, be amazing on the globe. just to hear all about those adventures. Yes. And uh, she'll be joined by um, Jeff Hill, who goes around the globe on his trusty motorcycle. As motorcycle. And um, the two of them, well, again, well worth listening to. Perfect. Interesting this year, they also have a writing competition. So for people who are attending, um, they can actually enter this writing competition. What's that about? Yes, it's uh, open to original, unpublished and unbroadcast work. So it's it's for the newbies. And I'm delighted to see actually they have three categories because mm-hmm. most competitions tend to be short stories or this is fiction, non-fiction or poetry. So take note, the uh, theme of the year, this year's festival is Our Island Heritage. Right. So it has to be something in and around that and more details on writebythesea.ie. And it's tying in as well, I suppose, with the fact that they are writing by the sea. It's in Kilmore Quay in Wexford. So that's why that theme there then is our island heritage. So yes, more details there for any anybody right, budding writers. Um, moving on to Kilkenny then. And this is happening actually a little bit sooner. It's the Gregnamana Town of Books Festival. Yes, this is more about the physical uh, holding a book in your hand. <laughs> so there's a huge and eclectic collection of books on sale. Everything from children's to specialist, new, old, bargain and collectibles. And I'm forever banging on about the beauty of the actual book. Uh, I know everyone loves a Kindle. But, but you can't beat the physical book in your hands. You can't beat the feeling of a book in your hands. And, and there's also, um, in addition to being able to buy and I think sell books, mm-hmm. there's also art, music, food, crafts. So on a sunny, sunny weekend, that's head to Greg Manor. That's the place to be. So that's Friday the 25th of August to Sunday the 27th. And you'll get more details there on gregnamanatownofbooks.com. And then finally, we always love seeing new bookshops open. And we've got a new one right here in Dublin in the Liberties. Yes, and it has the great name Marrowbone Books, which I love because it's so literary. It could be out of Dickens or... Um, Harry's vaguely Harry Potter-esque. Absolutely. So Marabone Books, yeah, and they buy literary fiction and certain uh, amounts of non-fiction mm-hmm. and they pay a euro for paperbacks in good condition or two euros for a trade-in credit. So 
It's it's a great idea. You know, uh, my house is coming down with books. I'll Absolutely. be going there. I think so. Definitely the place to be. And they said if you're if you know, if you want to ring them um, in advance before you bring in your, your bags of books, they will tell you whether they can take them or not or whether they're they're suitable or not. You exactly. Know? And also, again, the website marrowbone.ie, I'm sure will will give guidelines as well. So um, it's just around the corner from here in the Liberty. So pay a visit. Perfect. And Madeleine Keane, books editor of the Sunday Indo. That was a great wrap up. Thank you. Thank you, Brida. Now, don't to forget that the next episode of Inside Books will be out soon. Just keep an eye on our Twitter feed for details. The handle is at Inside Books IRE. And if you want to get in touch, just email us on InsideBooks at UniqueMedia.ie. I'm Breda Brown. Until next time, keep reading. Inside Books is a Unique Media production. 